Our gospel lesson this morning and the lesson for our sermon is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Here's how the Sermon on the Mount begins. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is God's word. You may be seated. The friends of Jesus. My great-great-grandfather came to the United States from Norway. Do you know what Norway is like? Norway is stunningly beautiful. It has mountains everywhere and steep cliffs and deep valleys and it has these things called fjords. Do you know what fjords are? It's where the ocean cuts in these channels into the cliffs and mountains way inland. It's, it's this absolutely beautiful place. But my great-great-grandfather came to the United States. He ended up in Iowa. <laughs> Do any of you know what Iowa is like? <laughs> One of my relatives told me the story of when my great-great-grandfather first set foot in Iowa. Do you know what he said? He looked around and he said, This is the most beautiful place on earth. When I heard that story, I thought to myself, what? <laughs> Iowa? Yes! For this farmer from Norway, there was nothing more beautiful on earth than the flat plains of Iowa. It's funny how perspective works. Isn't it? I bet if a person from Iowa today were to go to Norway, they would say, Norway is so beautiful. But for this Norwegian farmer who had been trying to farm in these mountains and valleys of Norway to come to Iowa, there was no more beautiful place on earth. Your perspective matters. Right? Your, your perspective on things colors how you see everything in life. Today I want us to think about an example. Whether we know it or not, we tend to look at life like it's a pyramid. Can you imagine a pyramid? You know, it looks like a triangle. Whether we do it consciously or not, we tend to look at life like a pyramid. And if life is like a pyramid, where on that pyramid do we want to be? At the top, right? We all do this, no matter what we do. Sports teams always want to win the championship, right? Businesses want to make as, as much money and be as successful as they can. Politicians always want to have more power. Even we as parents, we want to have the best kids, right? We look at life, like it's a pyramid, and we make life like it's a fight to get to the top. And Jesus takes that pyramid, 
and he turns it upside down. Jesus has an upside down perspective on life. He takes that pyramid, you know, it looks like this. And he flips it like this. And he says, do you know where the best place to be is? It's not on the top. It's actually on the bottom. And Jesus didn't just teach that. Think about Jesus' life from being born and laid in a humble manger all the way up to dying on the cross. Jesus lived a completely upside down life. And Jesus says it wasn't just for him. He said it's for us. It's for you and me. This upside down perspective on life. It's for you and me. And so when Jesus preached his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, which is actually the first sermon of Jesus that we have recorded in the Bible. It's like his inaugural address. Like this is what my ministry is going to be about. The first words that he said were, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And don't we hear that and think, Huh? Blessed are the, the poor in spirit? Doesn't sound like the way we look at the world. So maybe we think to ourselves, Well, long ago they looked at the world differently. Long ago they had a different perspective. No, they didn't. In Jesus' day, do you know whom people consider to be blessed by God? The rich and the powerful. Does that sound familiar? In Jesus' day, if someone was sick or poor, the people thought that God had rejected that person. And as Jesus started to preach, he said, you have to have a completely different perspective on life. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice that Jesus isn't talking just about money. There are rich and poor believers in Jesus to both be in heaven. He's not talking about money. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? When Martin Luther died, they found a piece of paper in his pocket. Have you heard about this? Do you know what Martin Luther had written on a piece of paper in his pocket when he died? There are a number of things, and it ended with these words. We are all beggars. That's what Martin Luther carried around on a piece of paper in his pocket. We are all beggars. What do you think he meant? When we go to God, what do we bring to God? Nothing. We go to God with Nothing. We go to God with nothing but our sins. We are all beggars. And if you believe that, then I'd say that you are poor in spirit. And if you are poor in spirit, do you know what Jesus calls you? Blessed. Being poor in spirit is to be thrown completely on the grace of God. And if your life depends completely on the grace of God, according to Jesus, you are blessed. Because this is the essence of faith. God's blessings don't come to the rich or the powerful or the famous or the beautiful or the important. God's blessings are a gift. A gift that God gives to the poor in spirit. A gift that God gives to those who have nothing who fall completely on the grace of God. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, Jesus has an upside down perspective on life. Like this. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Doesn't that just sound wrong? Blessed are you when you mourn? Maybe as Christians, we, we think first about God's promise of eternal life. We know that there's comfort in the face of death. Those who believe in Jesus have eternal life. So it doesn't seem to be the type of mourning Jesus is talking about. Do you ever look at the world? And you see the sin and the unbelief and how we human beings live against God. Does that, does that ever make you mourn? Does that make your heart ache? If it does, you will be comforted. I read a poem this last week that ended with a phrase that said something like this. Sorrows stretch out our hearts to make more room for joy. I thought that was really insightful. Sorrows stretch out our hearts to make more room for joy. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You see how this works? Jesus' upside down perspective on life. He says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now that just sounds strange. Who on earth wants to be meek? Right? Meek people just get trampled on. We don't want to be meek. We want to be strong. Everybody knows that. We want to be strong, right? You can do it. And Jesus says God's blessings are not a reward for the strong. They're a gift to the meek. The gentle and the humble will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled what are you hungering and thirsting for? Bet it's something. Maybe it's for praise from other people. Maybe it's for more money. Maybe it's for love. Maybe it's for power or influence. None of those things are going to fill you. You can eat as much food as you want. You can have all the money in the world. You can be the most attractive person around. But none of those things would fill you. If you want to be filled, then you need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Later on in the same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Here's how you know when you're filled. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When your heart is filled with the grace of God, it's going to overflow with mercy and grace to other people. On the flip side, the more that we struggle to show grace to others, the less we understand God's grace to us with all that Jesus has done for us. How can we go out there and be angry and be cruel and be selfish and be rude? It doesn't work. Later in the Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer. He taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You starting to catch on? This upside down perspective of Jesus? He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And that almost makes you laugh. Because our, our world left purity behind decades ago, right? Pure? That's not the goal. Right? you got to experience sin to experience life, right? No, 
according to Jesus. Not according to people who followed Jesus. It was King David in Psalm 51 who said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Blessed are the pure in heart. Just keeps on going. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers. Have you ever seen those t-shirts or those signs that say, keep calm and, and you can fill it in with all sorts of things, like keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and drink coffee. One of the most accurate ones that I ever saw, it said, keep calm and plot revenge. Isn't that exactly how we operate in life on earth, right? Just keep calm and plot revenge, right? Don't let anybody take advantage of you. Don't let anybody push you over, right? Plot revenge. You're going to get back, right? There's payback. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Christians are to be different. So, so different. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In fact, Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And we say, Jesus, what are you talking about? That doesn't sound blessed. How is that blessed? And Jesus says, rejoice in that day because great is your reward in heaven for that is how they treated the prophets who came before you. People persecute you, insult you, say evil against you. That means you're like Isaiah. Jeremiah, and Elijah, and Elisha, and Jesus. He just wants to take our perspective on life and flip it completely upside down. This is hard. We're honest, isn't it? This is hard. This is one of the, probably the best known sections of God's Word. It's called the Beatitudes. It's a fancy way to say blessed. Right? Blessed and this, blessed is that. It sounds like this beautiful section of Scripture. If you think about it, it's hard. There's, there's actually theologians today who, who want to dismiss the whole Sermon on the Mount. They say it's unrealistic. Nobody lives like that. Nobody's like that. It's impossible. Jesus could not have actually meant to say these words. And they're half right. They're half right because nobody lives like this. I don't. Do you? All these blessed statements actually can easily show all of our, our sins. We don't live like this. But they're only half right because Jesus really did say these words. What did he mean? Why did he teach us this? Remember back to the first to be added to the first statement? Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is it that we bring to God? Nothing. We bring to God nothing but our sins. We come to God poor, repentant, right? Repenting of our sins. And that's when we find everything in Jesus. 
Because you can find everything in Jesus. If you were to think through these Beatitudes again, thinking about Jesus, Jesus mourned. Right before he died, Jesus looked down on the city of Jerusalem that was going to put him to death. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing, but you are not willing. Just mourned at the sin and the unbelief he saw in the world. Jesus was meek. Other than that phrase, blessed are the meek, the word meek only shows up two times in this Gospel of Matthew. Do you know who it's referring to both times? Jesus. Have you heard the verse? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, for I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Or on Palm Sunday, we hear the, the prophecy from God's word that says, see your king come to you, meek and riding on a donkey. That was Jesus. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Do you remember when Jesus was on trial before the Jewish leaders? All of the most important people were trying to find just one thing wrong that Jesus did. And how many things did they find? Nothing. It was righteous. Merciful. Where do we even start? It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus did not come into our world to put himself on the top. Jesus came into our world and he put himself on the bottom so that he could save us. Especially this. Blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. Not making peace between us human beings, as people like to think today. Do you know whom Jesus made peace with? Between us and God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took away our sins and he made peace between us and God. So that the Bible declares, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the foundation of the Bible. This is the foundation of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking to believers, to his disciples. Jesus does these things for us. Jesus makes us these things. Jesus makes us pure by taking our sins away. Jesus makes us merciful. By filling our hearts with his grace. Jesus makes us meek by showing to us how strong he is. Jesus comforts us. Jesus saves us. Jesus changes us. If you're going to follow Jesus, Jesus' message is meant to change you, to change your heart, to change your life, to change your whole perspective. You can't hear Jesus preach and then walk back out there thinking that you're special because of how you look or because of how much money you make. But because of the job you have. It's all by grace. You also can't hear Jesus preach and then walk out into the world thinking that you're a nobody. Thinking that you don't matter to anybody. You know God's grace. Jesus takes our perspective and he turns it upside down. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are, are those who are persecuted. Come to God with nothing. And we find everything. One of the churches where I used to serve, in front of the church, there was a little tree sapling that was 
growing in the boulevard between the church and the street. And I'd like to watch this little tree sapling grow because it was very odd. It didn't grow straight. It was way off the center like this. But it wasn't growing off center like that. Whenever the wind would blow, the tree would literally just flop back and forth like this. And this went on for months. And so I finally asked somebody about it. I said, do you think we should stake up that little tree out there that's just flopping back and forth like this? And the man said, no. We want that to happen on purpose. Because the more the wind blows, that little tree back and forth, the deeper it has to sink its roots down into the ground, the stronger that tree is going to grow up to be. And I didn't believe him at first. But as the years went by, that tree ultimately grew up perfectly straight and strong. That worked for the tree. That works for you. You and I, what we need in our life, it's not really more money. It's not really more success. What we need in our life are more storms. More storms that make us shoot down our roots into the only rock, the only foundation that we have, which is Jesus. Because when you're weak, and you're strong. If life sometimes seems upside down, that's because it is. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we have to admit, we so often look at life with such a worldly perspective. We look at life like a pyramid, we want to be on top. Whatever that top means for us, whether it's our appearance, or our jobs, or our success, or our money, or our family, Life becomes a fight to get to the top. Because Jesus, that's not what you did. You made your life a race to the bottom. You humbled yourself even to die on a cross. Jesus, you make us this promise that those who are truly blessed are those who are poor in spirit. That those who come to you with nothing and from you receive everything. Dear Jesus, we ask that you do whatever you need to in our lives to teach us this upside down perspective on life. Use the storms and the trials and troubles of life to lead us to let go of ourselves and put down our roots deep into you. In your name we pray. Amen.